because of foreign wars we wage. More to do with the colors blue and red. You said you lost too much government. Can you tell me where the Constitution went? The Bill of Rights is just hanging by a thread. So many people try to cross the border. Politicians build a new world order. Too many minds are convinced they should be led. I've got to be free. Today's broadcast of Tapping to the Truth. Hope you're having a fantastic day, wherever you are and whatever you may be doing, with all the usual caveats, of course. With you, as always, I am your ever-so-humble and mostly peaceful host, Tim Tapp, coming live from historic Rome County, Tennessee. And uh, this is the first Tapping to the Truth of the brand new year. It is 2021 now. Uh, For those of you that are listening to the rebroadcast on the great radio stations uh, that do rebroadcast this show, uh, radio stations like KYAH, 540 AM, Utah's Talk Authority, and WCET-FM in Columbia, South Carolina. If you're listening to one of those great stations, for your benefit, the uh, time of the live broadcast is January 3rd. It's Sunday. And it's 2021, and uh, we, of course, are uh, gathering together on the first official day of a new Congress as they're were having their quorum calls, doing their roll call earlier. And, of course, there was a lot of discussion and talk about how hard it was going to be for them to, to conduct business because they can't do the, the distance voting or the proxy voting and, and all that wonderful stuff until they make some alterations to the rules. So – just to try to get together and presumably to have the vote for the newest Speaker of the House. It was going to be an uphill climb. So we'll see where they're at. I mean, like I said, it is uh, just a smidge after 3 p.m. now, so a lot of that has gotten out of the way. But that was a major point of contention earlier as the discussions uh, were continuing. And 
there's a lot of talk about whether or not Nancy Mimi Pelosi will be able to hang on to her razor-thin, uh, narrow uh, speakership because of how razor-thin the majority is in the House right now. And the fact that if she loses, I think the number they kept touting was just five votes of just five Democrats uh, and presumably all of the Republicans voted a different direction, and then uh, then you would see something ridiculous happen, like Nancy Pelosi no longer being speaker. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, some misinformation I heard uh, being propagated by Democratic uh, uh, office holders, by the way. <laughs> I heard this one individual. I shall not mention his name. Uh, However, I'm sure a lot of you may have heard this. When he was asked directly whether or not he was going to support Nancy Pelosi, he said, hey, look, there's just two choices here. You either vote for the Democratic option or you vote for the Republican option, and uh, I'm going to vote for the Democratic option because I'm a Democrat. Except that's not really true. Uh, the one thing that a lot of people don't seem to understand, although we've discussed it before here, and I would imagine a large number of people that actually listen to this broadcast uh, are aware of, but the average American probably is not. But the Speaker of the House doesn't actually have to be a member of the House, which means quite honestly, uh, for, for whatever reason, so help them if they did, if a majority of the House decided to vote for me as Speaker… I would be the new Speaker of the House. I don't have to be a member of the House in order to be the Speaker. So uh, it's just something to keep in mind. Uh, so when you hear somebody tell you some swall like that, that's just them trying to duck actually answering the question uh, as to whether or not they entertained voting for someone else. But they also get to duck the question of why they wouldn't support new blood. Now, supposedly this is going to be Nancy Pelosi's last term as well. She's no longer going to uh, seek to hold on to her House seat, uh, presumably opening uh, the door for a lot of new faces after she moves along. Now, if that's the case, then great. Now, the other big topic uh, that's going on today is, of course, what we're expecting to transpire uh, on the 6th when we have the big uh, joint session of Congress to certify the results of the Electoral College vote. The reason why that's the talk of the town now is because uh, Ted Cruz has officially came out and said that he, along with several others that he is spearheading uh, as U.S. senators, are going to be joining in sponsoring uh, House challenges to the Electoral College, and evidently at least six of the electoral delegations are going to be challenged. Uh, so that means a two-hour debate for each one of those, uh, and we'll see how things play out. Um, here's the thing, though. Uh, while I'm not particularly optimistic of a positive outcome for Donald Trump when it comes to this, that does not mean that it is a wasted exercise to do so. It certainly does not mean, as many people uh, have to uh, – <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Chief in the chat room just said you don't have to be a member, but you do have to be able to speak. That Washington thing ain't going to cut it. <laughs> Thanks, Chief. I appreciate your support for my new uh, position that I never expected to get in the first place. Uh, <clears throat> but 
Anyway, the point of the matter is you've got a ton of people in the media and current uh, office holders, particularly on the Democratic side, and some establishment Republican types that are going so far as to saying that the challenge process is even an act of sedition. Uh, yeah, excuse me. I, I don't know where you learned the words that you use, but the last time I checked – Following all the legal protocols established within the United States Constitution is not an act of sedition. And when you are an elected representative for a district where a large percentage of your constituents are demanding some kind of action, you are actually doing your job as a representative of those constituents in issuing that challenge, especially especially when there's so many people that are still concerned at the other big lie, <laughs> the contention that uh, the Trump uh, team has had 60-plus college challenges just dismissed because there was no evidence. And that's, that's, that's not really true. Uh, they've had 60-plus challenges dismissed in court, yes. But almost all of them, almost all of them on a technicality, in cases a desperate technicality to dismiss or claim there were no standing in the first place for said challenge. Therefore, in an overwhelming majority of these cases, none of the evidence uh, that they should have had or would have had or you would presume they would have in order to go to court has ever been entered into the official record. That changes the ballgame. you got a group of folks that are trying to run the clock out here. So let's get back to some honesty, and let's get back to some reality. The reality is Trump most likely is still going to get the short end of the stick because every power that exists out there is currently aligned against him. He's too big of a threat to them, but that doesn't make the circumstances of what the media is reporting when they go so far as to say this is un-American or this is a threat to democracy, uh, it doesn't make that true either. In fact, some of these things are going beyond hyperbole and entering into the realm of being downright fascistic in their own right. It's still more of the sit down, shut up, bend your knee, don't make us tell you again uh, type of mentality. And sadly, it's not the only case out there of that scenario. There's a lot of demanding we bend the knee currently ongoing. Now, a couple of quick uh, pieces of information in case you have not heard yet at the time of the live broadcast. Larry King has been hospitalized. Um, uh, They're claiming that he currently is suffering uh, with COVID-19, and as a result, he's had to be hospitalized. So. Of course, uh, Larry King has had a huge impact on broadcast, uh, both radio and television. So naturally, uh, lots of uh, thoughts and prayers, positive uh, vibrations sent in his general direction. If you are the praying type, uh, keep it in mind, uh, and uh, you know, best wishes for a uh, full recovery and a speedy recovery, and uh, also positivity towards his family. Uh, as Larry King does, of course, fall into multiple categories as far as some underlying conditions that would make him far more susceptible to COVID being a serious thing. Uh, also, uh, both Nancy Pelosi and Mitch McConnell had their homes vandalized 
after uh, the failure on both sides in order to uh, get the additional cash that everybody uh, seemed to have wanted for the stimulus direct COVID relief uh, payments that were supposed to go out. Uh, a lot of people started getting them immediately. I, I have not seen mine yet, er, <laughs> although uh, I do think there's good reason on both sides of that argument to, to express yourself to both Nancy Pelosi and Mitch McConnell under the set of circumstances. However, vandalizing someone else's property is not a good form of self-expression. So find a better way, guys. Find a better way. Now, I did say that there were more stories of the you must bend the knee immediately going out there. Uh, if you haven't seen, there's a viral video in Canada, police literally battling residents after uh, one of the neighbors alerted them to New Year's uh, parties ongoing. Uh, we've had... Uh, a ton of other videos here in the United States of uh, other people doing a similar thing. We saw riots in Portland on New Year's, which has caused Ted Wheeler to have to step up and uh, make some claims. But uh, my biggest concern is this new uh, bill that's being moved forward in the New York state legislature that has to do with contagious disease. The reason for my concern is because it far too easily could be weaponized against anyone because the language in the bill is far too vague. But you got Andrew Cuomo who you know, somehow managed to get an Emmy for making some of the biggest blunders of the whole COVID response out there. I mean he single-handedly got more people killed from COVID than any other person by virtue of – the policy requiring nursing homes to accept COVID patients. And of course, they still tries to deflect that. Uh, it's gotten to the point where uh, a large percentage of the time Cuomo denies that that's actually what happened. Another percentage of the time he denies it had anything to do with him, even though it was still his administration's policy. And the last time I checked, uh, if he was Donald Trump, he would be held accountable, and they'd be claiming that he should be charged with every single murder. Now, I don't believe that to be the case in Cuomo's situation. However, I do believe Andrew should have very quickly taken steps as soon as he discovered that that was the policy being moved forward by his administration to have changed it. That's what being the chief executive within your administration means. Well, now they're really taking that next step up. I mean, they haven't even managed uh, – I'm going to side note for just a second again. They haven't even managed to get a third of the vaccines that they have available distributed, not even a third. Now, they, they kept talking about how Donald Trump's rollout was going to be horrible, and, and it's almost as if they're withholding vaccinations because they have it available, and they are one of the hot spots. So you would think they would need more. You think they'd be pushing harder, uh, pushing to get it out faster, but no, not even a third. But at any rate, uh, their response now is this brand new bill that's been introduced by a member of the New York State Assembly that would amend the public health law permitting the governor of the state to order the removal and or detention of a person deemed to be a suspected case, contact, or carrier of a contagious disease. 
This individual would, quote, pose an imminent and significant threat to the public health. The person in question would then be detained in a medical facility or other appropriate facility or premises designated by the governor. Now, this is State Assembly Bill A416, in case you want to look it up, in case you haven't heard about it by now. A lot of you listening to the radio will, or at least I certainly hope you will have heard about it by the time you hear this. But if you have not, definitely need to get on this, look it up. Because I want to, again, say suspected case, suspected contact, or suspected carrier of a contagious disease. Now, this doesn't further define what they uh, actually consider to be a contagious disease. It doesn't specify which diseases, any disease that they deem to be contagious, and it doesn't even specify what their cause of concern. What is it that leads them to suspect you may have a case or that you may have come into contact with someone who may have said contagious disease? Now, we talk about draconian laws time and time again. Well, this seems like a pretty straightforward uh, overstep of your constitutional rights. Uh, and it's unbelievable that uh, you know I say that, but really, is it is it unbelievable? No, we know, we know it's very believable. So, New York State Assembly Bill A four one six, introduced by Democrat Noah Nichols. Uh, I'm sorry, Noah Nicholas Perry, has been read once and referred to the Committee on Health. It states, and I quote, the people of the state of New York represented in the Senate and Assembly do enact as follows. Now, remember, this is a standard introduction to a bill that's being uh, pushed forward. Removal and detention of cases, contacts, and carriers who are or may be a danger to public health, other orders. The provision of this section shall be utilized in the event that the governor declares a state of health emergency due to an epidemic of any communicable disease. Upon determining by clear and convincing evidence that the health of others is or may be endangered by a case, contact, or carrier, or suspected case, contact, or carrier of a contagious disease, that… In the opinion of the governor, not in the opinion of a health care provider, not in the opinion of the Surgeon General, not in the opinion of a actual honest-to-goodness MD, but in the opinion of the governor, after consultation with the commissioner, may pose an imminent and significant threat to the public health resulting in severe morbidity or high mortality. The governor or his or her delegate, delegee, technically is what it says here, including but not limited to the commissioner or the heads of local health departments, may order the removal and or detention of such a person or of a group of such persons as ensuing a single order, identifying such persons either by name or by a reasonable 
specification reasonable specific description of the individuals or groups being detained. Okay. Now it continues, but I need to stop there. Now the governor can decide on his own what is and isn't a threat. He can decide on his own who is and isn't a threat. He has to have a consultation with the commissioner, the the state health commissioner. But that consultation could be as much as, hey, I'm thinking about doing this. I wouldn't recommend it. Doesn't matter. I'm the governor. That could be it. When he can choose a delegee to have the same authority, saying, uh, I'm going to let this guy over here and uh, you know that guy over there they can do the same thing they can decide in their community now you have an executive authority that is being granted to literally anybody that the governor is deciding he wants to entrust with this and still it's very vaguely written it sounds good right it sounds like it's very on spot. It sounds like exactly what you should be thinking about in terms of a health crisis. But the language is actually way more vague than it even sounds because who determines when it's solely at the governor's discretion or the discretion of anybody the governor appoints, which that is also in the governor's discretion. I'll remind you in this case, the governor has a horrible track record in 19. Who determines what has high mortality rate? I tend to think that a lot of people every year die from stupid. (laughs) I think a strong case can be made for that if you take a long look around. This guy just did something dumb, and it uh, it cost him his life. So now am I going to legally, as the governor, decide that anybody I think is dumb can be detained until they're no longer suffering from the contagion of dumbness? Is being dumb contagious? Uh, Yeah. Have you ever been to uh, a a frat party? (laughs) Not only is it contagious, but the more everybody drinks, the higher the rate of contagiency. (laughs) And here's the problem. If they were determined that a conservative is suffering from a mental All right, I am back. Sorry about that brief little interruption. Um, Yeah, internet uh, connectivity seems to be an issue at the moment. But here we are, and we'll uh, pick right up. It looks like Chief says the last word he heard was mental. Okay, so uh, let's pretend that the governor of uh, New York decides that being conservative is a mental disorder, and that uh, said mental disorder is, of course, contagious. Because look at how just listening to to Rush Limbaugh for a period of time seems to have spread conservatism. Uh, Just look how uh, reading 
and understanding history has led to people being more conservative. Just look at the American history of how living long enough to acquire life experience has generally led to the increase of conservative values, now, even amongst those who were very liberal in their younger days and still maintain a certain amount of liberalism in their belief system, they still seem to fall into the realm of conservatism. Well, why? Well, it, it must be some type of contagion, obviously, and uh, I can see these people making that kind of argument. Now, obviously, they don't do it tomorrow, but if you think that if this passes and if this isn't challenged and struck down, if you think that won't happen at some point down the road, then you are sadly mistaken because this, this is exactly the kind of incrementalism that these people push. This is exactly the kind of dangerous scenario that these people have sought to create. They keep trying to push the envelope and push the envelope and try to draw more power and more authority, and any chance they get to try and silence their political rivals, they're going to take it. Don't think that this could ever apply to something like uh, conservatism. Well, let's take a long, hard look at how hard the Obama administration tried to get the federal government to officially claim that every single veteran of the United States military suffered from a PTSD. Now, I, I have a hard time understanding how they want to make that claim when it comes to a veteran who perhaps didn't see any active combat duty. And there are a lot of veterans out there who didn't, even some who served during uh, an active campaign uh, never saw uh, any type of combat. And yet just by virtue of being a veteran, you supposedly suffered from PTSD, which of course is a mental illness, which of course requires you to have your gun rights somehow restricted. I mean, do you remember that? I, I'm sure by now there's probably a ton of people that have forgotten that that actually happened. In fact, I'm pretty sure there's a lot of people, uh, Democratic office holders and uh, media types that would try to tell me if they were speaking to me that, that I'm just making that up. And more to the point, they're going to try to tell everybody else that, no, that didn't happen. We would never treat our veterans like that. Except it did happen. Now, they can whitewash it all they want. They can try and shove us on into uh, 1984 all they want. But at the end of the day, it's going to be up to people like ourselves to maintain a position as a gatekeeper for the truth because the media is not going to do that. It's going to be up to us to remember the wrongs that have been committed uh, by the government or more specifically by the individuals who are running the government at any given time. And for us to keep in mind that ever so often those folks need to be reminded of what the actual pecking order is in this country while we still have the opportunity to do that. And oh yeah, what is that pecking order? We the people are the sovereigns of this nation. We the people call the shots. They 
work for us. And the second they forget that, they need to either be reminded or replaced, one or the other. That's why it's important to abolish free air elections. That's why it's important to make sure that election laws have been followed. And that's why it's important to remember that anything that is in the Constitution, particularly the Constitution's main body and the first ten amendments, often called the Bill of Rights, anything that falls into those categories, they are not acts of sedition. They are not threats to democracy. They are simply the way our system was designed in an effort to make sure that elections were carried out in accordance to the will of the American people with interest in mind. We're just a smidge past the midway point of the first hour, so uh, let's go ahead and do the Edwards Notebook, Songs and Stories for Soldiers, Veterans Tip of the Day, and then we will get back in action. And remember, in hour number two, I am scheduled to be joined by Mr. Ron Edwards, where we'll get into more of the more direct hot topics of the last little bit. Remember, uh, it's a new year. Let's see what's going to happen as 2021 shows us what she's going to be like. Stay right where you're at. I'll be right back. It's bad enough there was a concerted effort to cheat President Trump out of re-election. But the overall damage to our republic could kill our exceptional nation way of life. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page from the Edwards Notebook, whether you realize it or not, the presidential election of 2020 was a major fraud that could prove to be a permanent blow to our representative government if the cheaters are not brought to justice. There are some who believe the recent explosion in downtown Nashville was connected to the effort to prevent some voting machines from being audited. One thing for sure is the lack of accountability and an extreme void of universal standards has proven to be enough to make our election process untrustworthy. There are those who seek to fundamentally transform the United States into a much weaker, poorer mobocracy, void of Judeo-Christian ethics constitutionally mandated government restraints at our God-given unalienable rights. Thus, it's imperative for we the people to demand accountability, universal standards, and no Dominion voting machines. And that's just for starters. I'm Ron Edwards. Check out my new YouTube channel. Ron Edwards, the new voice of America. Sponsored by the Tri-County Liberty Coalition. This is Dan Perkins with your Songs and Stories for Soldiers, Veterans, Tip of the Day. Are you looking for a job because you got laid off because of the coronavirus? Most veterans think that the GI Bill can only be used for college, but that's not true. It can also be used for retraining programs. So if you're out of work and looking for a new career, go to the VA.gov and look at the GI Bill benefits. This has been your Songs and Stories for Soldiers, Veterans, Tip of the Day. There was once upon a, a time that to be a Republican in this area of the country felt a little bit, by, a bit like being Gary Cooper in high noon, out, outnumbered in a big way. But I remember the story of a fellow who was running for office as a Republican, and he was in a rural area, and it wasn't known to be Republican, and he stopped by a farm to do some campaigning. And when the farmer heard he was a Republican, his jaw dropped, and he said, wait right here till I go get Ma. She's never seen a Republican before. 
So he got her, and the candidate looked around for a podium from which to give his speech, and the only thing he could find was a pile of that stuff that Bess Truman took 35 years trying to get Harry to call fertilizer. <laughs> so he got up on the mound, and when they came back, he gave his speech. And at the end of it, the farmer said, that's the first time I ever heard a Republican speech. And the candidate said, that's the first time I've ever given a Republican speech from a Democratic platform. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back. A little levity as uh, Ronald Reagan, the great communicator, uh, entertains us for just a bit. All right, so... Um, have you had the vaccine yet? Are are you somebody who's in in your state? Are you in one of the groups where you're going to be able to get the vaccine anytime soon? Do you want to take the vaccine? It's all legitimate questions, and they should be questions that you yourself are allowed to answer. I mean, if you're in a state that has so many doses and during the process, the state has to decide how they're going to make it available. I get that. If this vaccine is everything they say it is, I see a legitimate argument for frontline healthcare workers, first responders, and the elderly. I see that as being legitimate because these are the people who are going to be either A, at highest risk, of facing serious uh, issues from COVID-19, should they get it, or be the people that are most likely to come in contact and possibly spread it. So I understand. But if you don't fall into one of those categories and you decide you don't want to take the vaccine, whatever your reason is, that should be up to you. I get why employers think that they might have to uh, insist on it. doesn't make it right, but I understand. And I understand why the law says in most places that an employer has the right to mandate it should they choose to. Now, I think it's not very likely that it's going to hugely impact one way or the other because by the time the vaccines are available to average everyday folks that are in the standard working range uh, well age range I should say just to clarify I don't think there's going to be that serious of an issue anymore I think we will have moved past it most of the people who are most susceptible will have either been vaccinated or will have had it and Will either have developed uh, the necessary antibodies to be safe, or or the alternative, which does happen, but not nearly as much as you might think it does, if you only paid attention to legacy media. But what if you are one of those frontline medical workers? What if you're one of those frontline medical workers, and like myself, who studied biology and understands that there's a lot of moving parts in evaluating uh, vaccine safety, understanding that you need multiple data points, understanding that 
while the testing and the approval by organizations like the FDA and getting the green light from the CDC are important hurdles, they're not the ultimate determinant as far as how safe a vaccine is or any other medication for that matter. Well, if you're a frontline medical person, then you're probably intimately aware of that, presumably, which is why there are large percentages of healthcare workers in multiple states who have said that they would not take the COVID-19 vaccine, with some of them, not all, but some of them citing a distrust of the political machinations behind the timeline of the vaccine's creation. Let me... uh, Let me clear that up a little bit for you. Some of them are saying that they don't trust the vaccine because of Trump. (laughs) When they say political machinations, that's saying because the orange man is bad. Operation Warp Speed, no. Now, here's what I will tell you about Operation Warp Speed. Presuming that all these people, uh, Pfizer, Moderna, uh, AstraZeneca's uh, coming into the fray, assuming all these folks, the pharmaceutical companies that developed their various vaccines, have jumped through the hoops and created, relatively speaking, safe vaccines like they say they have, then Operation Warp Speed essentially is a modern medical miracle, and Donald J. Trump should receive a great deal of credit for that. Even even Joe Biden slipped up and initially said uh, that Donald Trump deserves credit for that. Now, since then, he's been corrected, and he only says Operation Warp Speed deserves a great deal of credit, allowing there to be space between the program and the man behind the program. So eventually they can say this was a government program, not a Trump program. And once it's a government program, then it can become a Biden program or a Harris program, depending on how long Biden stays in office. You know what I'm saying. Now, this percentage of people who distrust Political machinations. It makes me wonder how severely they're suffering from Trump derangement syndrome. And do we have a vaccine for that? Could we work on a vaccine for that? Because that's something that we need a vaccine for. Now, the New York Post reported this past Friday that healthcare workers in California, New York City, Ohio, and in Texas are refusing to take the vaccine in large numbers. The workers are citing skepticism that the vaccine would work without side effects given how quickly it was developed and approved. Uh, Ohio Governor Mike DeWine uh, said uh, that about 60% of the nursing home workers in his state have, at least so far, chosen not to get vaccinated. More than half of New York City's EMS workers have shown skepticism. 
In California, surveys of healthcare workers at various hospitals have also shown a reluctance to take the vaccine, even though those in the industry are among the first in line to receive it. So the Los Angeles Times reported that about 50% of the workers at St. Elizabeth's Community Hospital have refused to take the vaccine, even though it's been offered. About 20% of the workers at Providence Holy Cross Medical Center in Mission Hills have also declined. So roughly somewhere in the range of 20 to 40% excuse me, of Los Angeles County's frontline workers were offered the vaccine. They did the same thing. This according to the county public health officials. So many frontline workers in Riverside County have refused the vaccine, roughly about 50%, that the hospital and public officials met to strategize how best to distribute the unused doses. They literally had enough to try and move ahead of the state's program. Now, the news outlet in question here vouched for the safety and efficacy of the vaccines, which is backed by scientific evidence, which we all know what that means in the modern vernacular. Not a lot. One hospital worker at Providence Holy Cross told the news outlet that she won't take the vaccine because she's unsure how it would affect her since she's six months pregnant. Now, that seems reasonable. But here's the question. At what point do we have to say maybe we should be following these folks' lead and question the overall safety of the vaccine? At what point do we have to put on our nicely folded and recently created tinfoil hats and say, uh, there's something else going on here? Now, I'm personally uh, I'm not on board with a lot of the tinfoil hat theories with the vaccine. I think some people are trying to make some money. Now, they may be up to some nefarious, some rather nefarious things, but I think they're trying to make cash. Now, that could be wrong. It wouldn't be the first time. And sometimes I simply don't have enough tinfoil hat. Then I also have to say, should we be following the example if a large number of these people are only concerned because Donald Trump was behind it? I've said from the beginning, I do not want to be among the first people to take this vaccine. I would be reluctant to take the vaccine especially in the earliest days. And again, because of my background in biology and the understanding of the scientific process, the understanding that they have yet to figure out even now what is the trigger point for the folks that have had these extreme allergic reactions. All they've said is vaguely, if you suffer from food sensitivities of any kind, maybe you should skip it. Or if you have severe allergies of uh, Uh, Other kinds, maybe you should skip it because obviously you're going to have a histamine response, and this could trigger it. But they're not sure what part is triggering it. They're not sure, or if they are, they're not telling anybody. Uh, Chief in the chat room says Holy Cross Hospital in uh, Mission Hills uh, went to high school right next door to there. So cool. Uh, 
So anyway, I bring up this point because we're still being bombarded by talking heads about how it's unpatriotic not to take the vaccine. We're being told that we should just get in line and, again, do what we're told. The last time I checked, this is still a country where you have individual liberty. You have the freedom to make that choice, and to paraphrase a phrase that I have hated for a very long time because of how it's utilized by the left, my body, my choice. In this case, that statement would be true. I should have control about what I allow to enter my body. Now, when it comes to what the left often do, the murder of the preborn, uh, you're talking about the destruction of a separate body just because you happen to be housing it because of some choices you make. That's not the same thing. At any rate, I would imagine by the time it's all said and done, we're going to see a lot more health professionals backing away, especially since they seem to want to talk a great deal about the adverse reactions that people have seen. And oh yeah, if you happen to be pregnant, well, then getting a vaccine usually is something that you are well, you're usually discouraged from anyway. So, you know, I'm okay with that. Now, as I mentioned briefly earlier, and in case you hadn't heard, New Year's Eve into New Year's Day brought with it a lot of hypocrisy. Uh, like Mayor de Blasio of New York City dancing in Times Square after he told everybody he couldn't be there. i gotta I got to give props to Andy Cohen. Uh, you know, it's not often you're going to hear me speak highly of Andy because I think he's a part of some of the trashiest TV that's out there. And, and that's saying a lot when you take a long, look, hard look at some of the stuff that's on TV. But uh, – the Bravo shows, and man, can you remember when Bravo used to be about highbrow theater? Now it's about uh, the multitude of housewife reality shows and other reality shows along the same vein, but uh, not identical. You know, we're gonna we're gonna have a see what happens live where we get guests to talk about these shows and play ridiculous games. I I unfortunately have seen a few of these. So, you know, Andy Cohen, not somebody that I think particularly highly of as far as what he does. So I am going to give him props, though, when he was uh, on CNN on New Year's Eve. I've seen the uh, footage. I would imagine a lot of you have. But after he drank a little, he got a little honest, and uh, Anderson Cooper standing beside him, uh, looking as embarrassed as he ever seems to on all these New Year's Eve things that he hosts for CNN, says uh, – Andy Cohen says this city's got to get its act together. Now, he is directly calling out de Blasio. There's no question about it. But we also saw riots and, and, and uncontrolled activity going on, and Portland, Oregon saw Antifa on the streets on New Year's Eve. So another much beleaguered, often called out mayor here on this show, possibly the second worst mayor in America uh, behind de Blasio, uh, Portland, Oregon's mayor, Ted Wheeler. He says that he's finally ready to push back against the violent 
anti-fascist protesters following the New Year's Eve riot. And he's even called out Antifa by name in his New Year's statement. Now, these anti-fascist protesters, I I feel silly even calling them that. You cannot legitimately be anti-fascist when what you do is include fascism in your behavior. When you adopt fascist behavior, you're not really anti-fascist, are you? You're just anti-the other side being uh, engaged in fascist uh, behaviors. It's okay for me, just not for you. Anyway, the protesters of Antifa, who had been demonstrating and often rioting in Portland nearly every night since Memorial Day weekend, well, they doubled down on their destructive efforts over New Year's, tossing Molotov cocktails into buildings, setting businesses and restaurants on fire, uh, launching uh, large commercial-grade aerial fireworks at the federal courthouse in downtown Portland. I mean, they really, really were doing a number. Well, the New Year's Eve protest was eventually declared a riot by the Portland police. And then on Friday, this past Friday, Wheeler, who once even joined one of these Antifa protests, you know, in a show of solidarity with all the demonstrators, but he pledged to push back harder against Antifa, calling out the loosely organized network of, well, anti-fascist, if that's what they still insist on being called, calling them out by name, saying, quote, my good faith efforts to de-escalate have been met with ongoing violence and even scorn from radical Antifa and anarchists. In response, it will be necessary to use additional tools and push the limits of the tools we already have to bring the criminal destruction and violence to an end. Lawlessness and anarchy come at great expense and great risk to the future of our community. It's time to push back harder against those who are set on destroying our community and take more risks fighting lawlessness. Now, hey, I'm going to give... Uh, very small props, but some props for Wheeler actually having the nerve, the gall, the gumption, the cojones to actually call out Antifa by name. It's a, it's kind of a major step for him. For quite a while, he's seen Antifa as his personal street army. And if he didn't, it certainly seems like it. He's offered them up protection. He's ordered the police to stand down. He's given them free reigns of the streets on multiple occasions and has yet to do any pushing back. He said a few relatively kind words here and there, uh, talking about how the cause is great, but uh, how the targets should be a little more selective. He said things of utter ridiculousness for someone who's supposed to be holding a mantle of leadership. When he says he's going to start pushing back harder, I know a lot of people that would like to know when he started pushing back in the first place. 
when you haven't pushed against their actions at all, other than maybe one statement that you immediately backtracked when it had to do with a certain red house. When you talked about using any means legally available to squash and then immediately backtrack, then that's the closest you've come to pushing back against anyone. And that wasn't even an Antifa thing technically, but there were Antifa folks that wanted to help set up the blockades and create this secondary or third or I mean how many have we had now created a, a just a new autonomous zone? Mayor Wheeler, it would be most appropriate for you to actually step up and do your job as it is laid out in the city charter. For you to do the job that the people who elected you are entrusting you to do. Now, you can make the argument that most of the people that elected you are probably actually okay with what you've done to this point, but the thing is… The bad stuff has come to them. The destruction has come to their businesses. The marches have come to their streets. The vandalism has come to their homes. You're going to find it harder to push back now than it would have been if you had tamped it down to start with because they've had free reign for so long that now they expect to be able to get away with it, and you know what? They're going to continue to expect to get away with it. They're going to continue to expect that they should have the freedom to walk all over you and any other any other form of authority that exists from your administration or from the governorship of your state or from the federal government. Why? Because they're not really anti-fascist. These people are engaged in the same type of destruction that Marxist radicals, revolutionaries have been since there was first born a Marxist radical revolutionary. Individual liberty can't be allowed. Individual freedom can't be allowed. Your ability to earn a living on your own can't be allowed. Why? Because these are things that are in their mind… It's blatantly unfair. It's unfair that you, by the sweat of your brow, should be able to do better than somebody who just wants to sit around. Now, I, for one, don't understand exactly what's unfair about that, but that is the basic premise of anybody that embraces socialism. Now, a lot of them don't see it that way. A lot of them don't understand that that's really what they're supporting, but… It doesn't change the fact that you cannot guarantee equal outcomes without guaranteeing that all outcomes are horrible, no matter how you try. So it's best to find a system that's going to work to the benefit of the largest number of people, and guess what? We've got that, and uh, you socialists like to call it capitalism. Uh, I, for one… Would prefer an, a straight-up free market economy. 
I mean, maybe we need a few regulations here and there just to keep folks from overstepping and and really letting the greed overrun things. But the fewer regulations, the better for nearly everyone, and it's just that way. All right. Uh, the show is typically divided into one-hour blocks for the rebroadcast, so we're going to reset the hour. Uh, you guys stay right where you're at if you're here at BTR listening live. Uh, hour number two comes up right after this. Now, for the rest of you, if I'm saying goodbye to you for the moment, please remember, do not take my word for not one little bit of it. Be prepared to put in some effort and, most importantly, to use your brain if you really want to tap into the truth. you got to dig and find out for yourself, and do not just accept the false spin from whoever is putting the narrative. And if anybody tries to give you spin and then tell you that they're telling you, giving you straight news, run away from them right away. I tell you up front, I'm a commentator, not a journalist, and I come with an opinion, but I'm prepared to back up my opinion with facts and history. So anyway, don't take my word for it. Definitely take the other guy's word for it. Be prepared to put in some effort and most importantly to use your brain if you really want to tap into the truth. Meanwhile, stay safe, uh, stay healthy, and uh, you know, be smart out there, guys, even if it kind of goes against your nature. We built a promise on a dream Like nothing else the world has seen we built a promise on a dream We built a promise we 13 We crossed the land bridge Across the ocean A long, long time ago We tracked the herds here We followed fortune On the glacial ice and snow We came as sailors Searching for adventure Came in from the east We crossed the ocean Followed fortune And our numbers, they increased Before the people stepped onto the shore Two-thirds of the first ones to die Cause along with the trade
having a fantastic day wherever you are and whatever you may be doing with all the usual caveats of course with you as always i am your ever so humble and you know mostly peaceful host tim tap committee live from historic rome county tennessee and uh, for the benefit of those of you who are listening on radio uh, one of the great stations uh, perhaps that's carrying this show rebroadcasting it if you will uh, radio stations like k YH 540 AM Utah's Talk Authority or WCETFM. Uh, if you're listening on one of those stations, uh, then for your benefit and your benefit alone, the time of the live broadcast is Sunday, January 3rd, 2021. It's a few brief moments after 4 p.m. Eastern. And joining me, uh, as is often the case on Wednesdays, but uh, since we didn't broadcast last Wednesday, uh, we uh, bumped it to today, is a man who is a great patriot. He is the purveyor of the Edwards Notebook. He is the host of the Ron Edwards American Experience. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back once again to the show, Mr. Ron Edwards. Ron, how are you doing today, my friend? Excellent, excellent, and a happy new year to you and uh, your audience, and it's great to be here, and so uh, that in itself is uh, a great thing. I thought I wouldn't be here uh, since um, we had communicated earlier. Something came up, <laughs> and thank God I was able to uh, get it resolved in quick order just minutes ago, and I was able to call in. <laughs> All right. Well, uh that that is good news uh, for me too because I'd be like, Ron, where are you? <laughs> but because uh, yeah. I even left messages do. when the situ- when the situation came up, I'd even left you messages on Skype because <laughs> uh, I didn't know it, I could resolve it this quickly. But I, I it it's dealt with and it's uh, here I am, man. <laughs> <laughs> well. Uh, Again, as always, thank you for uh, joining me. I uh, always appreciate it, and uh, it is an honor to have you on, sir, especially given all the craziness that's going on right now. Uh, A lot of things are being brought to the uh, forefront, including how desperate the left is 
to continue to play their games and to not be caught. Uh, I have been nearly infuriated as we have seen and heard talking heads, pundits, and even some elected officials uh, with both D's and R's at the end of their name making reference to the expected challenges to the electoral votes that are upcoming. And now we we know Ted Cruz has stepped up. He's leading a group of Republican senators that are going to back and, quote, sponsor uh, these challenges. Uh, we have more members of the House that are now talking about uh, bringing up challenges as well. But we've seen these folks talk about uh, how ridiculous it is and how it's a subversion of democracy and even go so far as to say that this action is an act of sedition. Uh, Ron, when did it get to be in this country that following the process laid out in the Constitution was an act of sedition? Well, what they, when, when these liars are saying these, these things, they're depending upon the ignorance of the American people. See, and most of the population, unfortunately, is not instructed properly on what the, the rudiments of the Constitution and our Bill of Rights. So therefore, they throw out these terms hoping that the incurably ignorant masses will just dutifully go along with their description of the of the of, of the um well in their case lies and fall for it. Thankfully we have at least some people in media like yourself and others and uh, some people <laughs> in the Congress and the Senate, not enough unfortunately, but some who are not going to just let this stuff roll over. If, for example, the American people were correctly instructed upon on the rudiments of the working of our of our government, this would not even be an issue. The media the media could have lied from, you know, a Schultz of what's his name? I call him Sergeant Schultz uh, Schumer. Um, six ways till Sunday. And the American people would have uh, – we would have blown this out of the water. The things that you see going on are because we have so many ignorant people in, in the masses, and the ignorantly led masses are pushing and making this thing play out longer than it uh, should. We are going to win. Things are going to fall into place um, because it, it's not just the United States that hangs in the balance, literally – the world hangs in the balance. We, the American patriots, and I'm not going to say the, 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 the American people because it's not all the American people. We, the patriots amongst the population of Americans, are the only physical thing that lies between liberty and total global tyranny of the likes we've never seen before. These people are pushing this narrative. It's not just about the election here in the United States. It is about the ability of this, the other side to continue their huge monstrosity of the pedophilia ring, the human trafficking rings, the watering down of uh, populations of, of, of many c countries, getting rid of their borders and just mixing everything up. The getting the way getting in the way of the proper identification of the two sexes, 
I mean, all these dastardly things they want to push massively around the world. And China, which does not even allow that stuff in its own nation, is sitting back in the catbird seat, so it thinks, thinking that it will be, because it's powerful, thinking that it will be in a position to swoosh in like it has done throughout Africa, what, is it, what it has been allowed to do in our own hemisphere in Venezuela, along with Russia and Iran. And see, this is a huge, huge orchestrated event. I believe the reason why that Brexit occurred, though they limped into Brexit, uh, Great Britain, that would not have happened had, whether they want to admit it or not, had Donald Trump been not elected the first time. The outbreaks uh, against tyranny in Hong Kong, in Germany, against the masks, in Taiwan, all of it would have been totally shut down had uh, Mrs. Clinton – Mrs. Clinton won. And um, so now they're expecting Killer Joe to move in and and finish the job that Ali Obama had started. And so, um, and, and you know that you know if the, you look like look at the appointees that the media is is reporting that uh, uh, that um, Mr. Biden has been appointing. It's just a continuation. And so this stuff, that's why we're going to be in D.C. because it is down to the literal wire, uh, which which divides tyranny and and, and uh, freedom or, or liberty. I mean, it's it's. Um, I was looking at One America News today, and one of the hosts on the, their weekly discussion programs said that he has been getting tons of uh, calls from militia groups. And, um, you know, we have the largest standing army on the planet, and they consist of many, 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 many former – well, they're not never former, but veterans, many others of us who know how to use a, an, an arm, a firearm. And, you know, it's just coming to to, to fruition here, and there there could be a civil war, and I'm okay with that because when it comes to what what will happen if we don't fight it will be a lot worse than the actual civil war itself in the long run. This, you know, we're we're, we're dealing with a situation where it's it's, – this is one of those – historic times that that is equal to the civil war that is equal to the bubonic plague i mean these world encompassing events world war ii world war one um the massive expanse of, of rome over the world during that time i mean this is one of those seminal uh times in history and if the if, if the right side does not win we will enter into a new dark age and um, it's just it's just what it is, and that's where they want to push us. They want to, and um, it's the Bill and Melinda Gates Center. I forget the exact name of it. It has on their building right there, population reduction. They want to bump people like you and I off. They want to bump well, us off the, off the earth. Go ahead. I was just going to say, well, you know, we – we pose a threat to them because we would share truth, and more importantly uh, than the truth, we also would still try to appear to a certain moral standard. Uh, you you basically 
hit on that earlier uh, with the statements you were making that uh, a a formal morality is a threat to the spread of their idea. Uh, their efforts to push forward with this great reset, as we keep hearing it uh, being referred to, uh, there are a few things that stand heavily in the way. Uh, we, uh, as moral people, know that it is an immoral act to keep people undereducated or uneducated at all. We know that to keep people ignorant is an act of immorality. To encourage behaviors that are detrimental to them physically or to them spiritually, we know that those are immoral acts. And as long as anybody holds an idea that morality is a real thing, that there is such a thing as empirical right and wrong, that there is not just objective but subjective, uh, and you get out of the argument that my truth does not trump the truth, then all of a sudden all their machinations just fall apart. Yep, and… Man, to, and to tie in that, because they, they're using so many avenues to reach that goal of, of, of destroying us in so many ways. Um, another one that they're using, when they, when, 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 and I see it firsthand more than you do in Tennessee, uh, here in Michigan with Governor Wichmer, you've got the fundamental war against the middle class businesses. Against the shop owners, against the gyms, against things of that nature, and against churches and synagogues. Not against, not against uh, Islamic places of uh, worship or BS, but against only against the Christians and the Jews, because we do have a moral uh, compass in both both houses. And so, get rid of the restaurants, get rid of all those kinds of businesses, get rid of 64% of the gross domestic product of America or cripple it to the point where it is ineffective. Therefore, you cripple the people because they're not uh, able to take care of themselves. They become dependents, wards of the state, slaves, um, and vaccinated and uh, die off gradually. it's, it's it's just a systematic process. They are the modern day Nazis. They are the modern day Nazis. They want to do us do to us chemically what they did directly and more quickly uh, with the Jews. They used to gas them, and they used to to burn them alive or just shoot them, dump, get them in holes and just shoot them like dogs. Well, and it, it, it they they want to do it to us with vaccines and. For them to say, well, if you don't take the vaccine, you can't go to work, you can't fly. Well, you know, the smart thing for us to do, Tim, would say, you know what? We don't want to fly. None of us want to fly for a year. So if we don't fly, you don't make any money anyway, so you'll be out of business. You'll be hurting just like us. So we've got to, we, we've got to start thinking big in this battle. And strategic, or as George W. Bush used to say, strategery. Um, and we, 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 you know, it's wonderful that we're finally going to get in mass in DC and whatever happens, happens. Case, well, I won't say case or I don't want to, I don't agree with that, but you know what I mean? We're we're ready to throw down the gauntlet, but we've got to be willing to throw down the gauntlet in our pleasure, uh, items such as flying, such as, uh, you know, going here and there. 
if you don't want us to go to school, you're not teaching us anyway the right thing, so we'll withdraw everybody, and the schools will die, dry up because they won't be getting any tax dollars because if our, the students' butts aren't in the seats, they, they can't collect tax dollars anyway. So I think we're going to have to really – if we do this in mass, it wouldn't even last long. Yeah. It wouldn't last long at all. 21 days. Yeah, well, I, I, I'm telling you. Would definitely have to uh, get the attention of both houses of Congress, though. Uh, I, I like your idea of not flying for a year if that's what it takes to get the message across. Uh, what I don't like is uh, right now we have a huge amount of money going to uh, help uh, subsidize uh, the airline industry. Uh, you know, under the guise of COVID relief, it's like, but uh, are we going to be able to direct this message where it needs to go? We've got to get the attention of some of these elected officials, and uh, I hope that it doesn't take uh, actions on the streets that mimic or mirror activities uh, of the folks that like to dress all up in black and live in uh, grandma's basement. Uh, if that's what it takes, you know, that's what it takes. And uh, you know, I, I'm I'm with you. I'm fed up with the activity. I, I'm fed up with the actions. I'm fed up with these folks ignoring the the actual will of the American people and thinking they can get away with whatever they want. And uh, they do need to be reminded that they work for us. And if they can't handle that, there are other countries that like to do the banana republic thing. Uh, that's not going to be allowed here any longer. And, and we do need to send that message. But uh, speaking. On the issue of COVID relief and this most recent bill, uh, before we uh, uh, slide into that mid-hour break, I definitely want to get your take as well on how things played out uh, with this whole scenario because we had what seemed like nothing but political theater, and then still somehow we managed to send uh, a ton of money that we had to borrow uh, to foreign nations, and very little uh, is even going to stay here. And uh, I figure if you're going to borrow the money, if you're going to do this crap anyway, it should go into the hands of the American people. If you want to argue about how much or how you do it or who should get it as opposed to not just everybody, uh, okay. But still very little of the total package end up here. Love to get your take on the COVID relief bill and uh, the uh, overriding of the veto on the defense spending bill. Well, um, the, the, the redistribution of our wealth around the world is just a globalized version of the redistribution of wealth from the, from the um, vibrant to the idle in America that has been in practice for a very long time. America is still a vibrant nation, and so they, they want to transfer our wealth around the world and, and waste it. And one of the, what, what are the way to do it than to just give it away? Um, Ali Obama did it when he gave it that, all that money to Iran, and now Congress and many Republicans are willing to go along and give our wealth away to places like Pakistan where they're uh, studying gender, something about gender, some kind of gender rights or whatever. And, you know, in, to a nation that has, doesn't have a concept about what it means to have rights, especially if you're a female over there. And it's an, the founding fathers said it was stupid, basically, to, to to use our wealth to give aid around the world. If you want to help the world, it's the same thing concept 
that when somebody asked me, it was a long time ago on a Christian talk show, and they got mad angry at me because I said, they said, well, Ron, what is the best thing you can, the first thing you can do to help the poor? And I said, be an example and not be one of them. They got upset. (laughs) They got got viciously upset with me because, and I said, wait a minute, are you really that unbright? What that means is that if I am blessed and I have wealth, then I can turn around and be a blessing. First of all, I'm setting an example as to how I got my wealth, which if you emulate, you can too, as long as we have an equal opportunity environment here here, here in this country. And then as an example, boom, there you go. And if you need help and I'm led to do so, I can be in a, a blessing and help people start businesses and things like that. And they finally got it, but it, they're still at the same time, they still um, were kind of rubbed the wrong way because of their socialist leaning under the guise of Christianity. But getting back at the ranch, um, it, that, that, that military bill, I think that's what you brought up, is, is a total insult to, to our intelligence. It's an insult to our military. How dare we um, have a military bill? Which, you, I mean, what in the world does does, does 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 strengthening our military have to do with all those things? Adding on add-ons, nothing. And, and I, you know, it's a quick answer, nothing. But for this to be the way, I understand why they're doing it. The left, the Democrats, the rhinos. It is about wasting our wealth. That is why talking about wasting our wealth. That is why, if you look. At the pattern of the riots that happened after after um, George, what's his name, got killed or died, um, most of the riots happened in Federal Reserve cities and Federal Reserve subsidies and sub offices of the Federal Reserve. The twelve major Federal Reserve offices. I don't remember them all. I know San Francisco, Cleveland, Philadelphia, uh, whatever. Boom, 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 boom. That's where all the major riots happen. But they're, it's part of the orchestrated effort to hollow out the value of our real estate. That's the other reason why, by, by, by the way, they're, they're closing, you know, making all the businesses shut down. Because if all the businesses are shut down, they can't pay rent, pay rent. You have all the beautiful edifices of New York City just standing there. And what comes? What happens? China's uh, Joe, Joe Biden's favorite nation comes in, swoops in, and buys a lot of real estate. This is a pattern. All of this is an orchestrated pattern, the bit of military bill and all of that, and the aid, so-called aid bill is in part of the orchestrated effort to waste our wealth and which, you know, less wealth, less power, to take wealth away from you and I. And the ability to create more wealth, to drain, it's called draining the United States. They've opened the drain, and Trump was correct when he vetoed it. And for them to override, and also, I think in the military bill, if I read it correctly, it lessens the ability of the president to exercise military power where it is needed. And Trump has been very, very um, expedient. And how he has been using the military. He's not one of those neos 
neocons, oh, we've got to go beat, beat people up here. We've got to do this, that, and the other. He wants to make America so powerful that you would fear attacking us. Yet at the same time, if we need to go and do something, it, it is an authentic, real reason. And we go over there to win, get the job done, and get out. Whereas since Poindexter, it has been all about containment, um, winning territory. I mean, that's what the Korean War was. I mean, conflict was about. They won territory between the South and the North, and they stopped rather than going on and de defeating the communists. And we've had all these years, 70 years of torture ever since. And Trump wants to get away from that. All that – see, all these things are part of the global, global, uh, globalist effort, and people don't understand the connecting factors between all these developments and these things, even that these, these two bills that you mentioned. It's all tied in together about wasting us, wasting this country, wearing her down. So that she will limp, be forced to, and she won't limp in. She'll be put, would be pushed in, and in, in, under the uh, globalist um, dogma or mantra, under China. That's what uh, Joe Biden wants. That is why he cannot uh, assume the presidency, because he will set in motion, finish what Ali Obama had started, putting the United States of America, primarily people like you and I, at a disadvantage. To our competitors like China, you think our industry left before? If I, if Joe gets back in there, we will no we will no longer have an industry. Um, the United States just recently, uh, Tim, received its first large shipment of beef from Namibia because they're trying to shut down our beef uh, industry here in, in the United States. This is what this is what this government, other people, by the people, and for the people is doing, Just shutting down our industry, food industry, to make us more dependent that way. Now, you know, we have the best soil on earth. We have the best methods of growing food on earth in the history of mankind. We grow enough food in America, or we used to, to feed the entire planet every year and have too much for ourselves. That's how much we used to grow up, especially back in the six, the soaring sixties. And yeah. You have a situation now where they're having farmers kill off their herds and ground their vegetables into the ground and make them fertilizer and import more and more stuff from, from around the world. That's that globalism stuff. Because yeah, if we're I, I more dependent on – I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no. I, I just uh, – I think we're going to see a lot of harm arise too from the fact that under Biden slash Harris slash whoever the hell's calling the shots, uh, we're going to see our energy independence go away too. Oh. And that was a, a huge boon for us. When we can have cheap, readily available energy, that can overcome a lot of other obstacles. And to see all of our American industries go back to being more of a globalized thing and legitimate opportunities for earning a living in the United States go away as a result, uh, it is a dangerous time. And it wouldn't matter uh, if it, if China disappeared tomorrow. This still – the same policy would be detrimental to the overall well-being of this nation, 
and unbeknownst to the morons that are being useful little idiots to help push it along to them as well. Yeah. Yeah, Tim, um you you're so you're so correct. I um and yeah, when you uh mentioned the, the energy thing, I'm like, Oh Lord have mercy. Uh you're so right. And see this is why there's this this vitriol hatred of Donald Trump. They know and see they know many of them know him up close and personal. The Clintons, all these people know him. They know that he has a will of iron. That he when he says stuff, he actually means it, whether it's good or bad. That he since he sincerely does love this country. And see, he was brought up to love this country. And a lot of see I, I was just told something that not today, but just in recent days by by people that actually know the president and, and knew Michael Jackson. This will blow your wig off. This will blow your wig off. Um, that the, the, the Dealing with the worldwide pedophilia ring, they stated to me that they were good friends. And one of the reasons why Jackson was corralled and Everyone blamed him for, for being a pedophile freak was because, in actuality, he was one of the first people years ago that talked to Donald Trump about that issue and that he was not what the world labeled him to be and what he was made to look like and that he was actually a desperate – trying to desperately trying to protect children. And unfortunately um, – he was, you know, he didn't just die. It wasn't just a self-induced death. I'll just put it to you that way. And this, these are people that um, knew them both. I only met the Jacksons, and it, it, you know, it was, and it had to do with uh, my journalistic job. And so there was no personal knowings other than the little side conversations we had when I met them. But these 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 individuals know both gentlemen or knew them know them intimately well the one that's still living and this is just one example of how the globalist media can turn you into trash if they want to and if you're not as strong as a donald trump or whatever hey you'll see what can happen and so um I always believed that he was not that. I always said it. I said, I know what it looks like. And if I didn't know what I know, what I know in my heart of hearts, I wouldn't be in agreement with the rest of the planet. But I, 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 I couldn't buy it because I, I have met that family and I look, I've looked in their eyes and I did, I didn't, that, that kind of thing just, it just, it, it's not there. And 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 so um, I've also met an investigative reporter who got put out of Fox News because she was a, a big truth teller, and she also said the same thing was in agreement with me that he was innocent because she said she investigated him for trying, seeing, thinking that he was going to find all she was going to find all the dirt because she was famous for that. 
Right. And 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 she got booted out because of, of globalist things. She was also finding out, but that was also the tie-in. One of the tie-ins with that with all those issues was during that time period. She got thrown out of Fox. So this stuff, even BS at, at Fox, that has come to the forefront today, was creeping in even years ago. You could you could only yeah. go so far, but we didn't recognize. Well, a lot of people didn't recognize it because on the surface, wow, they're very conservative. They've got so and so, and because they were not the same as MSNBC and CBS, there seemed to be a great difference. All right. And so, you know, I'm telling you, it, the, the world is so wicked and so deceptive. You're, you're right. I, I still get a kick uh, now, Ron. I've been seeing some videos uh, on YouTube in particular where some of these uh, leftist morons are doing reactionary stuff, <laughs> and they're talking about stuff that happened over on Fox News. And it's like, dude, Fox News is still your boogeyman? Proof positive you have not watched. <laughs> Proof positive you do not know what you are talking about because Fox News hasn't done any of that. And the people that used to watch Fox News are either over at Newsmax or at One American News right now. Uh, the, the ratings are ridiculous. And, you know, I, I would like to kind of pick up where we're leaving off, but we need to take that uh, mid hour break, sir. So if you will hang with me to the other side, we will pick right back up. And uh, all you folks out there listening, uh, don't go anywhere. Uh, we will be right back after this very. Very brief break. It is both amazing and frightening to witness millions and millions of adult Americans being dictated to by elected officials who were elected to represent them. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page from the Edwards Notebook, Rahm Emanuel said never let a good crisis go to waste. So true to form, the Corona China virus scandemic crisis was foisted upon our republic and used as an excuse to lock our economy down and force churches to close in order to break down the largest segment of job creation also and decimate the American middle class. No governor or mayor is operating in good faith or in the best interest of the citizenry if they dare to lock down or quarantine healthy people in their homes and force them to wear masks, close their businesses, or forbid church attendance or preventing others from going to synagogue. Truth is, locking people up and killing 64% of the gross domestic product will not rid the United States of a corona-China virus scandemic that has a 99% survival rate, by the way, even Dr. Fauci admitted he's been a big liar, quote, for our own good, unquote. We have been played. We have been lied to. We must open our economy right now and fight for our unalienable rights. I'm Ron Edwards. Check out the RonEdwards.com. Ron Edwards, the new voice of America. Sponsored by the Tri-County Liberty Coalition. Welcome, I'm Dan Perkins with your songs and stories for soldiers, veterans, tip of the day. Many veterans have been in the hospital throughout the pandemic without the ability to see family or loved ones. As a result, depression is on the rise. Here's your veterans tip of the day. Go to songsandstoriesforsoldiers.us and click on the donate button to contribute an MP3 system to a veteran. You can help fight depression. Go to songsandstoriesforsoldiers.us. This has been your veterans tip of the day. Ours was the first revolution in the history of mankind. 
that truly reversed the course of government and with three little words, we the people. We the people tell the government what to do. It doesn't tell us. We the people are the driver. The government is the car. And we decide where it should go and by what route and how fast. Almost all the world's constitutions are documents in which governments tell the people what their privileges are. Our constitution is a document in which we the people tell the government what it is allowed to do. We the people are free. There's a clear cause and effect here that is as neat and predictable as a law of physics. As government expands, liberty contracts. A little bit of wisdom dropping on you right there from uh, the great communicator, Mr. Ronald Reagan. And uh, with me on the line today, another great American by the name of Ron, uh, Mr. Ron Edwards. Ron, before we get back into the topics, please tell everybody where they can find your work. Thank you. Uh, well, you can find the Ron Edwards American Experience talk show on uh, great outlets uh, like AmericaMatters.us. Uh, K-Star Talk Radio, um, and we just joined a Mojo 5-0 radio. Uh, you can find me there. You can also find the Edwards Notebook on numerous radio stations across the Republic. It also airs overnights on the Captain's America Third Watch, which in, by itself is about 260-some-odd radio stations, and then it fills out with other um, independents to about 300 uh, reach. You can also read my columns uh, weekly at America Out Loud, which uh, also airs the Edwards Notebook on their broadcasting side. side. And also you can read me at uh, News with Views, and uh, we're hoping to expand that outreach in the not too distant future, uh, not only for the columns, but also for the Ron Edwards American Experience and the Edwards Notebook as well. Wow. Well, that is absolutely fantastic, and I look forward to seeing those expansions, sir. All right, let's let's jump back. Let's jump back into things. Uh, we were kind of talking about uh, how the globalists uh, are able to manipulate and to destroy people, and I've been saying for a long time one of the reasons they absolutely cannot stand Donald Trump. It's because Donald Trump was not one of their creation. Uh, the globalists, uh, they can't do it. Uh, the media can't do it. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of folks out there are creations of the media or are creations of the globalists by uh, virtue of what they've set up, and it's really easy to destroy you that way. Uh, an average citizen, an everyday person walking around, if these forces decided to uh, come crashing down upon you, uh, chances of you surviving are pretty slim because you're going to need a lot of resources at your disposal. And again, Donald Trump has those resources, and that's part of why he's probably more dangerous to them if he was to not be reinstalled uh, as president of the United States than he would be if he was. But they don't see it that way. They're afraid of his uh, agenda. They're afraid of his efforts to undo the damage they're doing and to try to to free the American people once again uh, to living under the blessings of God and the uh, blessings of liberty and the blessings that a democratically constitutional republic provided citizens. Uh, it is astonishing, though, to see uh, how these people continue to play the game 
even when they're so easily disposed of when they're no longer in uh, of any use to them. I, I think a lot of uh, a certain uh, former Democratic senator uh, who is well known for having had a Chinese spy as part of her uh, staff for a very long time who suddenly is no longer thought to be worth her salt in the party, mostly because she refused to just try to uh, challenge Amy Coney Barrett uh, over her religion, uh, although she had done it before. Um, <laughs> we we see things like this. Suddenly, uh, how useful is Bill Clinton? Uh, not as useful as once, so he's no longer – uh, a power player. The machine that existed behind him, however, uh, that is more Hillary than Bill. Bill was kind of a front man. Uh, it provides a great deal of power and influence. If we're going to, to counterbalance, if we're going to, to fix the things that need to be fixed to restore our republic to its former glory and to root out uh, the globalists, to root out the socialists, to root out those who merely want to tear things down. Where do we start? What do we do right now, Ron? Well, we have to meet them head on, such as uh, what's going to be happening not only in D.C. on the 6th, but also in state capitals throughout the republic. We must start refusing to participate in this madness. We must withdraw ourselves um, because if we're if we're not in it, they cannot win it. Uh, for example, is uh, this, what I stated earlier. Okay, you want to uh, give us a shot in order to fly, which means you still want us to fly. Well, we won't fly, and we'll and and and, and tell them buy now to their to to, to to the airline industry. That can be brought back uh, very quickly once freedom is restored. Number two, we must in mass – see, these, a lot of these things have to be done in mass in order for it to work. We must in mass open up all the businesses, say, screw them, screw the police. If we have to skirmish with the police, so be it. Um, we must open up our businesses. We outnumber them. I mean, come on, 63 percent of the entire economy, that's how many small businesses there are in every city? You've got uh, on Manhattan Island alone 7,000 restaurants. That's just one little island. used to be 20,000. Downtown Cleveland, 1,000 restaurants. I mean it just goes on and on and on. And when you couple in all of the other businesses, small and medium-sized businesses, they all have to just open. They've just got to open. We have no choice. We have to under, make them understand that we know that the pandemic was a scamdemic. It's, I don't even think it's real. They just – Tim, they just uh, arrested a, a journalist in Great Britain just the other day because she dared to film and show that while they're talking about this crisis and there's so many beds filled in the hospital because of the resurgence of the corona China virus, she goes in, oh, wait a minute. This, this hospital that they're saying that is so full because of the corona virus, oh, my God, it's empty. few patients here and there, but it's, for the most part, it's empty. She gets arrested for telling the truth. 
But we have to mm-hmm. do things like this in mass and say, you know what? We outnumber you guys. You want to you want to go there? You you want you really want to ride this train, which will only be a wreck for you. We have to do stuff in mass, unify. We have to drop these um, these uh, artificial divides between the blacks and the whites. It's not about the about the blacks and the whites. It is about destroying us and putting us in a in a, in a mode of self destruction. It's all this all these riots uh, between blacks and whites and all this stuff. I mean, give you an example. Everybody, well, not everybody, but many ignorant ignorant people go to Nutsville every year, even just verbally. They talk about all the police shootings against a black man. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Well, look, one life is too terrible to waste, dot, 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 dot. Okay, big deal. But the way they make it, it's it's like they say, well, every white cop is a racist, and we got to look out. Oh, Lord, have mercy. There's so many of us being gunned down, and we're all innocent. We're all innocent victims of the blue, of a blue monster. But the truth is, in reality, because of the pervasive ignorance and stupefying of individuals across this country, especially the black and Hispanic ones, 98% of all the murders in the great city of New York, the greatest city in the world, 98% of all those murders are done by who? The blacks and second place, the Hispanics. If you took away their murders, New York City would once again be probably the safest big city in the world. And that story plays out in every major city in the United States of America. Who does all the bumping off? If the number of black young men were shot by other black men that equaled the number of black men that are shot by police officers, the numbers would be so low it would be a story rarely ever heard of since they heard they and they don't get upset they don't get upset at all over the preponderance of black men or males that are shot every single weekend in great cities like chicago brooklyn new york harlem the east side of cleveland east st louis baltimore los angeles san francisco portland seattle atlanta Dallas, Houston, Miami, Tampa, and it goes on and on and on. I can add, I can wait, add wait, Columbus. Wait, wait, wait a second, Rod. You remind me again. What do all of those cities you just mentioned have in common besides uh, the murder rates being ridiculously high? Oh, I know where you're going. Dun, da, 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 da. <laughs> It's the same thing that Jesus wrote, a donkeys. It's donkeyitis, the Democrats. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the jackass party. Yeah, okay. There you go. Now, I'm, I'm unfortunately in Michigan. Well, tell me why I, go to, I, I, I could cross the border into my home, own home state and comparatively have more freedom to go to certain businesses and things like that in, 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 in Ohio. And even though by Ohio standards, it's still shut down and they're complaining, but compared to Michigan, which is under a dictatorial Democrat, it is much freer now, but because the wine, dweeb wine, as I call them, 
is a rhino, it is only comparatively free compared to Michigan. Now, if you go to Florida, where they have a common sense, very intelligent conservative Republican named DeSantis, Ron DeSantis, it is fully open. And guess what? The rate of Corona China virus is much less per capita than it is in Michigan, where it's shut down in order to kill the small and medium-sized businesses. This orchestration and this knuckle – this well, she's not a knucklehead. She's too evil to be stupid. But Witchmer, Governor Witchmer, I mean you should hear if – you, if you were to get some of the local reports and how defiant she says, well, you are not to defy my orders. Now, because you did, unfortunately, I am forced to extend the shutdowns of this type of business. That, But you can still go shop to Walmart. You can still go shop at Sam's Club or Costco because that's part of the, part of the orchestration to be like cows going to the big, 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 big lots, the ugly, uninspiring department stores like that, Barnes. But the cute mom and pop businesses, the nice little shops and all that stuff, the quaint shops, the kind when you open the door, the bell rings, they want to shut all that down because each little business represents independence, self-reliance, and it represents service. One of the hallmarks of capital uh, – I would rather call it free market economics – is that you benefit – by freely offering your service, your time, to others. That's what the job market is about. You're selling your time. You're being paid by Ford Motor Company for your time in their, on their office, on their uh, factory floor. And we have to start looking at us ourselves as more important that we are selling our time. It's not like we're just coming in on our knees, scraping our knees, begging for a job. No, they need us as much as we need them, and we have to recognize that. The government needs us more than we need it, especially the form of government we have now. We don't need it all because it's a mob yeah. mobocracy that is, that is only detrimental to life, not beneficial. It's the primary reason most people immigrated here to get away from Exactly what we have now, uh, and moving yeah. even further in that direction, uh, and we are still the, the last great hope to maintain it. Uh, so, it, it is up to us, sir, to, to to get up and do the things that you're talking about. We do need to open up the country. We need to realize that there are reasons and rationale why Florida is opened up and uh, not struggling uh, compared to uh, states that have draconian level lockdowns and seem to be getting worse and worse. Uh, there's a lot of things that simply don't make sense, and it does have a lot to do with the scare tactics of control more than anything else. Uh, I, I certainly hope that every other global pandemic we have in the future has the same level of mortality rate because if something can spread like crazy and still doesn't get that many people uh, in comparison to how many catch it, uh, we're in pretty good shape. Uh, uh, granted, still, for the folks that that do get ill and who pass away and who are convinced that this is the reason, uh, we're never going to convince them otherwise. I, I've heard several folks that uh, they've lost a loved one and they were told it was COVID, and now there's just no reaching them on this. Uh, it, it's 
stupefying to think that people can be so short-sighted as to see the level of mortality rate with this thing and still think that it's yeah. something to be concerned about. Uh, we are almost out of time, Ron, and there was one more uh, question that I really wanted to – a topic that I wanted to catch with you uh, before we uh, ended things today. Uh, given the fact that we are uh, seeing a new Congress seated today and that we have runoff election in Georgia upcoming, wanted to get your take on Stacey Abrams' sister uh, tossing out the efforts to clean up the voter rolls in Georgia before the runoff election. Well, it's just a more evidence of uh, <laughs> of how crooked the system is, but uh, the crooked people. And see, Stacey a- Big Mama Abrams and her sister, the judge, are representative of what I've been trying to tell people for 30 years. These black people that are running around bitching and moaning about lack of opportunity, every time you hear a- 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 Big Mama Abrams talk. She's always talking about oppression and how we've got to overcome and this, that, and the other. But blacks like her are doing the evil biddings of the globalist pigs, controllers, with glee because they themselves are the real representatives of oppression. And what is more, one of the most oppressing things you can do to a population that calls itself free is to purposefully allow the continued um, corruption of its election process. And for that judge to do what she did, that it, okay, I have no respect for people like that. If I'm wrong for calling her an it, I I apologize to to the Lord only, but these people are, are so inhumane in their bitterness against this country that they're willing to enslave you know they they call themselves the they proudly like to call themselves the descendants of slaves well they're on a mission to enslave this country on behalf of the white man whom they all call our oppressor isn't it amazing how black people run around like like big mama abrams and her judge sister they run around talking about the oppressive evil white man Kamala Harris, too, who married a white man. They run around, but yet they always gravitate to the worst part of the philosophy that came from white men. These people are more in line with with, uh, Pol Pot and John Dewey, who was a God-hating man, a truth-hating man, and, you know, he's – his influence over the government school system of America, which produced people like Big Mama Abrams intellectually. But they're always in line with the most evil elements of the white man's philosophy, whom they turn around and and condemn to the world as being oppressive. This is a sick pattern that has to be recognized for what it is and stopped by, and I'll say by any means necessary. These pigs have to be stopped because if they're not stopped, our nation will be stopped. And, we'll, and I just want to touch on something very, very, in my opinion, very important. I was very, very ir- irritated beyond belief when that mayor in Nashville, Tennessee, for no reason, because it wasn't financial. Nash- Nashville was nothing near broke. 
raised their taxes 34% or 43%. It was one or the other. And then when I saw him basically sniggling after the explosion, which was also partially, and I'm not going to say definitively because I don't know, but I have read that 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 it was done to obstruct the ability to do some work in in, in Georgia, even I guess because the the, the connect the uh, communication systems are, are are connected there in the south in order to investigate the uh, Dominion machines in, in Georgia. And this guy was basically he thought it was very humorous. I mean, he wasn't just belly aching, belly laughing, but he was. I saw the smirks. And this is the mentality of the Democrats. They're, they're, they're destroyers. They're evil destroyers. And for him to raise the taxes the way he did in Nashville, why would you do that? This, this city coffers in, 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 in Nashville were fine. And with all the building and everything like that, so you know the tax base was going to be blessed beyond belief with all the new – every time you go to Nashville, it's, it's a forest of cranes. And it's just – it just just amazes me. Now they're trying to trying to destroy Tennessee, and it just every state that they that they try to take down like that, I get angrier and angrier. They already had one bad city. It's called Memphis. They should have learned from the population of that of that state should have learned from that, and should not have uh, even elected that goon. And they should have elected to Carol Swain, who would have been a wonderful mayor and a blessing to that city. But they, you know, the people chose evil, and you know they're getting spanked now. Well, this is the thing. Yeah. You asked me what we need to start doing. We got to stop being stupid in our choices of who we even elect. We have to understand the philosophical base of these people and govern ourselves accordingly, and stop being stupid and and, and voting for these. If, if somebody says, you know, if they're a Democrat, they should up be an automatic rejection. Then we have to be more discerning when it comes to to, to our Republicans. That's all right, Ron. I mean, you're making great points, but sadly, we are out of time, so we're going to have to leave things there. But uh, we'll get together again uh, after your uh, trip to uh, D.C. Uh, we'll uh, get caught up then. And in the meanwhile, have a safe trip and be careful out there, my friend. Thank you, and Godspeed, and keep doing what you're doing, and kick and dragon, man. And uh, look forward to the next time. All right. Thank you, sir. In the meanwhile, everybody, thank you so much for being here. As always, I appreciate it. And remember, uh, don't take my word for any of it, not one little bit of it. But please don't take the other guy's word for it either. Be prepared to put in some effort and, more importantly, to use your brain if you really want to tap into the truth. That's it for now. We'll be back again uh, next uh, this upcoming week. Have a great week, and uh, I will see you guys soon. Just a little
is using both hands. Founders knew the Second Amendment was the final one to keep. To hold our other rights intact so we'd never become sheep. Now in Hitler, now I mean it's whole pot. They told the things that you never forgot. Is using both hands Well I prefer the 308 to the tiny two to three Gives me more than a thousand yards to protect my family using both hands.